Good morning. Another wonderful, beautiful, glorious day out there. I hope everybody has a chance to get out and enjoy this weather. I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I asked them what they thought of the weather, and they said, well, actually, they enjoyed the two days of spring we had. But uh, I'd like to begin today with a word of prayer, so please join me in prayer, if you would, please. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this day, we just ask that your presence fill us, Lord. Just be with us. Open our hearts and our minds to your word. I just ask, Lord, that you lead and guide and direct me. Have your Holy Spirit fill me and let the words of my mouth be your words, Lord. Just be with us during this service. Watch over and protect us. Lead us to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you can probably tell, we have a new banner up here today. And today, believe it or not, is actually called Pentecost Sunday. Now, if I was to ask everyone here, what is Pentecost? I would hope that you would say it's the day that the Holy Spirit filled the apostles. that came upon them and, and filled them. This is actually the birth of the church as we know it today. If you'll turn with me into Acts, Acts 1, verses, I'll be reading verses 4, 5, and then 8. As we look through these verses, we're actually hearing the words of Christ as he was talking to the apostles right before he ascended into heaven. In these verses, he said, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And then in the eighth verse says, but ye shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall witness unto me both in Jerusalem and into Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the word. But before we get into that, I want to back up and, and look into the Old Testament. I think sometimes that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we think that this is probably the first time that we've ever heard of the Holy Spirit really talked about in the Bible. But if you really want to look at the Holy Spirit in the Bible, the first time it's mentioned is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. <clears throat> yeah, that's the second verse in the Bible, and it actually states, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Here we see that the Holy Spirit is actually active in the creation, and his powers continue today. In Job 33, 4, we read, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. In Joel 2:28, we read, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And in 29, verse, we read, in those days, I will pour out my spirit. This is also the same scripture that was quoted by Peter at Pentecost. Now, 
we all believe in the Trinity, but sometimes it seems like we tend to think that the Holy Spirit is something different from God. We seem to think of the Father and the Son, and then we seem to think the Holy Spirit is, is, is different. The Holy Spirit is not just a force. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, God in every way. We know that he is a personal being and that he can be grieved. And Ephesians 4.30 states, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. This shows that the Holy Spirit is a person that can be grieved and is not an impersonal force. Jesus calls him the comforter. The word comforter means one called alongside to help. Remember, when Peter talked about lying to the Holy Spirit, he said, you have not lied to man, but to God. This clearly shows the Holy Spirit is God. Before the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit regenerated people and empowered them for serving God, but he did not permanently indwell in all believers. As we look at Pentecost, we should realize that Pentecost is actually one of the Jewish feast days, only they didn't call it Pentecost. The word Pentecost is actually the Greek name for it. The Jews called it the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Works. It is mentioned five times in the five first books of the Old Testament. It was a celebration of the beginning of the harvest. You see, they had two harvests. They had the early harvest and the final harvest in the fall. This was the early wheat harvest, which meant it was always in the middle of May or sometimes early June. To figure out the date of Pentecost, you need to look back for Passover. Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover. For us, we celebrate it seven weeks or 49 days after Easter. Pentecost was a pilgrim festival. And what that meant was, according to Jewish law, all Jewish men, all Jewish men would come from wherever they were living to Jerusalem and personally be in attendance during this celebration. It was a major holiday for the Jewish nation. Work was stopped, shops were closed, everyone gathered together, and it was party time. We tend to think that when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles, it was just another day, but it wasn't. God knew what he was doing. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew that there would be lots and lots of people out and about, probably tens of thousands. The streets were clogged with pilgrims who had come from every compass point to celebrate the harvest and the goodness of God. This was the ideal time to reach thousands of people. This was the time when the apostles, having received the Holy Spirit, could truly witness to people. People of many different languages could start converting and could start converting even non-Jews to Christ. Remember, up until this time, the Lord's people consisted of Israel along with a few converts. 
This is the beginning of God reaching out to the rest of the world. This signifies a new period in God's dealing with his people. It signals the dawn of the age of the Holy Spirit. Before we look at the scripture in the book of Acts, I think we should take a moment and look at the works of the Holy Spirit so that we can understand him better. Our first personal encounter with the Holy Spirit is when he convicts us of our sin. He shows us that none of us can live up to the righteousness of Christ and reveals to us the judgment that is coming to those who die without a Savior. The second work of the Holy Spirit is when he baptizes a believer and gives them the gift of empowerment, helping us to live a holy life. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Helper, we become more like Jesus and are directed to the Father's will. This gift is for the empowerment for us to witness to others. I don't know about you, but I am constantly in need of divine help. My flesh fights for control, and it's the Spirit that steps in and helps me. We are encouraged to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us up on a regular basis. When you feel depleted, when you need strength, then ask him to replenish you. It's the Holy Spirit that sanctifies us. This means to set us apart as sacred. It's the purification of sin and spiritually maturing to become more Christ-like. Leaving behind the old self and becoming a new person takes time, and it's a daily process. The Holy Spirit wants to help us to die of our old selves and to be free of sin and to live life victoriously. We see throughout the New Testament that we are directed to do God's will. The Holy Spirit helps us tune in to the voice of the Father and to understand what he is calling us to do. You may not realize it, but we find love in our suffering. As we endure trials, God's love is poured out through us, to us through the Holy Spirit. And it's this love that carries us through the hard times. Maybe you've read the poem or heard the poem Footprints, and I think that's a, a perfect illustration. I can remember so many times in my life I have referred back to that, and, and many times in my life I felt when I saw one set of footprints that I had been deserted by God. But then later I realized that's when God was carrying me. As you read scripture, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. He will give you insight into what you're reading. He will bring understanding. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're in a difficult situation and all of a sudden, a scripture popped into your mind, something just came into your head, encouraging you, that was the Holy Spirit reminding you of what he had already taught you. He empowers us with understanding. He gives us the ability to recall verses that apply to our lives. Of course, we should all know the Holy Spirit gives us 
the gifts of the Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of all of them. There are different kinds of service, but we all serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who works in all of us. A spiritual gift is given so that we can help each other. Each of us receives a different gift. This is to empower us for the calling that God has placed in our life. Embrace your gift and use it for the purpose of his kingdom. Do you ever find that when you go to prayer, maybe you just can't think of the right words to say, or maybe you have too many words to say, and you just don't know really where you should start, or maybe even where you should end. This is when that we need to turn that over to the Holy Spirit. We are told that the Holy Spirit helps us in weakness, and we do not know how to pray or how we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for us to understand. Yes, the Holy Spirit is the most prevalent person in our daily Christian lives. Now that we have better understanding of the Spirit, let's take a look at Pentecost in the book of Acts. If you'll turn with me to Acts 2, verses 1 through 8. Acts chapter 2, the first eight verses. And it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. Now, when this noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that Every man heard speak in his own language, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all of these which speak Galileans? And now we hear every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. At Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit was marked by three symbols. The first was the sound of of a violent rushing wind that filled the house. There was the visible signs of tongues of fire resting on each person. And finally, there was the miraculous speaking in foreign languages that none of them had ever learned. The sound of the violent rushing wind is a picture of invisible power. As you know, wind which we cannot see, 
can insert an incredible power. Think of a hurricane. Think of a tornado. Here, the disciples heard, heard the noise of the wind, but there was no indication that they felt it blowing. It was more of a miraculous sound that came from heaven. It was loud enough that it gathered a crowd outside to find out what was happening. The Holy Spirit, like the wind, is a mighty power, but we cannot see him. We can only see his effects. One of the most powerful effects is when he imparts imparts spiritual life to those who are dead in their sins. The appearance of the tongues of fire symbolizes God's holy presence. Remember when Moses saw the bush burning, yet it was not consumed? This was because God himself was in the bush. Remember later when the Israelites were in the wilderness and they were guided by the pillar of fire? John the Baptist predicted that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus said he had come to cast fire upon the earth. Fire brings both heat and light. The heat will purify those who come in contact with it. It also symbolizes that we are to be hot, not lukewarm in our devotion to God. The light is the illumination that God brings to those who are in spiritual darkness. The fire appearing as tongue symbolizes God's holy word, burning into a way that purifies us. In Acts 2.14, we read, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, Ye men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. So after the Holy Spirit had descended upon him, we see that Peter is the one that stood up and started talking. Now, for all of you that really read your Bibles and think about Peter, Peter's the one that, out of all the disciples, that stands up and starts witnessing. He's not the one that I would expect to stand up, not at all. When you look at the gospel, Peter was the one who was constantly putting his foot in his mouth. He was constantly having to be corrected by Jesus. He's the one that denied Christ three times. He's not the one I would expect to take the lead. But yet, he is the one that was chosen because of grace and mercy. Here, Peter stands up and says, let me tell you about the Messiah, who is the paternal, eternal protection for all humanity. Let me tell you who he is. In Acts 2.41, we read, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. It is the fullness of, 
of the Spirit of God to the people to empower them for their witnessing to all nations so that he will be glorified among the nations. Let me read that again. Just because I really want, this is very important. It is the fullness of the Spirit of God's people to be empowered to witness to all the nations of the world. I remember back several years ago when I was doing a Bible study. And during this Bible study, there would be times that people would ask me questions that I didn't know the answer to. And then I would answer them, and I would go into great detail and give them a complete answer. And on my way home, I can actually remember stopping the car and saying, where did that come from? I did not know that. I really didn't know it. I learned something, but what I learned most was that that was the Holy Spirit using my voice to tell the people the answer to the question and to lead and guide them. It had nothing to do with me. It was all about him. The whole point of Pentecost is mission. And the goal of that mission is that, and this is a quote of the Bible, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. We must remember that our purpose as a church is not to focus on ourselves and our happiness. Too many times we just want to think about what makes us happy, even if it may cause hurt to someone else. Don't ever lose sight of the purpose of the church. We are here, each and every one of us, to lead others to Christ. Don't shy away from being an advocate for Christ. It's what we are called to do. Having the Holy Spirit with us, just like the apostles did at Pentecost, means having the power to witness, just like Peter did. Go tell people about Jesus. Tell them about what he did on the cross. Tell them how he conquered death. Tell them how he reigns victoriously. Now, you may be saying, how can I lead others to Christ? You may actually be saying, I'm not like Marilyn. I just can't start telling people about Jesus, people that I don't know. Well, that's because Marilyn has a special gift, a gift from the Holy Spirit that gives her that ability but maybe you have another gift that also works for the Holy Spirit. But we are all still witnesses for the Lord. Everything we say, everything we do, how we interact with others, even our driving, is a witness to others. I remember people in my life that I looked up to, people who I, to me were a great witness to the Lord not by sharing in word, but how they live their lives. This week, remember, you are witnessing to others all the time. If you're around children, remember the saying, little elephants have big ears. 
You may think people aren't listening, but they are. Sometimes we think people don't see our actions, but they do. I ask you, just take a moment. Look around this room. Look around this room. Look at these people. Really, look at them. Do you really know them? Yeah, you see them every week. But do you really know them? Before and after the service, take a few minutes. Take a few minutes of your time and go and meet others. Let them know that you do care. Let them know through your actions that you do love them. Let them know that God loves them. Before being a witness to others outside of the church, try being a witness to those in the church. As you look at your bulletin, which I think everybody has a bulletin in front of them, have you ever looked down at our mission statement at the bottom? It says, our mission is to lead, teach, guide, then to learn, grow, and go. Go. Go as to witness into the world. You can start being a witness for the Lord today. Look around this room. Notice who is missing. Then during this week, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct you. And then give them a call. Call somebody. Let them know that you care. Let them know that you miss them. Actually, start reaching out to others. You just may be surprised of what the Holy Spirit can really do in your life. Let us have prayer, please. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, as we go through this week, really be with us, lead us, guide us, direct us. Help us, Lord. Help us to be witnesses for you. Help us to be witnesses to really let the people of this, this world know about you and about the Lord. And just be with this country, be with this world. We see so much turmoil and so much hate. Just really fill us with the power to be able to bring others to you. Just be with us, watch over us, and protect us. In Christ's name, amen. Well, hope you all have a great week.